From Birmingham, I'm Miranda Fulmore. What's likely been Alabama's longest strike looks to be ending soon. The union, representing hundreds of Alabama coal miners, is asking Warrior Met Coal to bring back the strikers, even without a better contract that they've been fighting for for nearly two years. Now the two sides are hashing out the details about what a return to work would look like. Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom reports on why the strike failed and how the miners are taking it. If you listen to the union, they fought Warrior Met Coal to a valiant draw. But it's really more like the unions waving the white flag. Sometimes when you run out of ammunition and your knife is dull, you got to give it up and fight another day. Riley Hewlett is one of roughly a thousand coal miners who've been striking not just for better pay, but really better benefits like more vacations and lenient sick days. Even on Easter, they would have us come to work. We should have Sunday off anyways. You know, that's, you know, I go to church on Sunday. At this point, they've been striking for about 700 days. So you showed you've been willing to fight. Yes. But what does that get you at the end of the day? Well, in some instances, probably a sore wallet. So that's what caused this strike to fail. These miners were giving up roughly $100,000 a year, while the company was still making plenty of money without them. That's because Warrior Met was able to find people to cross the picket line. Plus, the coal from these mines is used to make steel. And steel prices, they've been really high during the strike. Sure, the United Mine Workers Union says the company could have made a lot more money without the strike, but Warrior Met still made more than $640 million last year. In part because the miners have not been able to stop production at the mines. Because as Hewlett says, striking isn't like it was in the 80s. Modern security tech like cameras and sensors weren't as common or effective back then, so it was easier for strikers to do things like hold sit-ins and shut down workplaces. And had thousands of people out there so the police couldn't get in there. That's not going to happen today. You weren't able to take over those mines? No, no, we were barely able to walk in front of the place. (laughs) And that's true. For a good portion of the strike, a federal judge banned the strikers from picketing outside the mines. Those cameras recorded some strikers attacking vehicles, in some cases with replacement workers inside. So if striking is less effective today, should it just get left in the past? I asked John Logan about that. He's a director of labor studies at San Francisco State University. And yes, he says the power of strikes today are diminished. But striking is like, you know, the, the sort of ultimate weapon that unions have. I mean, in the sense that hasn't changed. What has changed is that today it's really all about the short strike. One or two days during negotiations to let the boss know, hey, we're serious and united. Logan says it's harder for employers to find replacement workers for short strikes. They don't hurt members in the same way as long ones, and they still grab a lot of media attention. If you're talking about public-facing companies like Starbucks or Trader Joe's, then that type of media coverage, you know, and the reputational damage that it can inflict upon the companies is really, really important. But when your ultimate weapon, the long strike, fails, it really hurts a union standing, like the United Mine Workers here. It's going to go back to a divided workforce with fewer members, and they won't have the same appetite, you know, to go out and strike, I think, any time again in the future, near future. In the case of this strike, a lot of miners are figuring out if they even want to go back. Miners like Braxton Wright. 
He was practically the poster boy for the strike. He spoke to the New York Times. It was a proud moment for me, you know, when you were a union coal miner, you know, a lot of people kind of looked up to the union. He even spoke in front of the U.S. Senate about what the strike's been like. So it's kind of like, you know, playing Russian roulette with bills. You throw them out on the table and pick up which one you're going to pay at the time. When the union told the strikers it's going to ask Warrior Matt to take them back unconditionally, Wright was confused. Yeah, confused and a little angry. We kind of wasted two years to go back for the same thing that we walked out for. I caught Wright on his wife's cell phone right before he was about to leave for a new maintenance job at a steel manufacturer he's been working at during the strike. He's making more money now and has better benefits, so he's not sure if he's going to go back to Warrior Met. Uh, yeah, the pros and cons list. The pros list is, uh, is pretty short. Miner Riley Hewlett's also not sure about going back. He's been working another job above ground at a strip mine for a little more than half what he made at Warrior Met. Pays a lot more underground, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting old enough. I got three years left to work. I mean, do I want to go underground and bust my tail for three more years or do I sit on my butt in air conditioning? The union says it'll still be negotiating for that better contract even after its members go back to the mines, though it'll be doing that with significantly less leverage. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration among public media stations in Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana.